Welcome. Thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, where we present anatomy through a biblical lens. We're excited to be with you this Wednesday. We'll start off with prayer requests, as we always do. Prayer at erratphysiology.com is our email address. We'd be happy to pray for you if you have any requests. Please send them in. Uh, The benefit of today's podcast is going to be, by the end of it, you will understand how purpose gets mixed up with employment. And boy, do I have a lot of occurrences of that in my life. And I think most men do. So we're going to talk about that today. We'll always integrate some anatomy alongside there, uh, which will be interesting with this topic. So stay tuned for that. As a reminder, our mission... Our mission is slightly molded. Uh, I mentioned on social media last Thursday, I believe it was, uh, a day after the previous podcast, that I was super excited to announce uh, that my wife wants to participate in the community that we've built and disciple women in a similar way that we're discipling men. So gone is the word men from our mission statement and in is the word Christians. Uh, So we're looking to help men and women that are Christians or people that uh, want to know more about Jesus. As always, as your host of this podcast, I will be speaking from a male perspective and my wife will speak from a female perspective. Maybe one day I'll be able to get her here on the podcast, but for now, uh, super excited for her participation in the community and how she feels called to help women in a similar way that I'm trying to help men. So here's our mission. We bring together Christians who strive to follow the light of God over the darkness of this world. To renew our mindsets through shared experience and discipleship. So we can enhance performance, serve our households, and follow God's calling for our lives. Now, the last part there, sort of the how, uh, the three prongs of that, I really see that as a division of my purpose, my wife's purpose, and the community's purpose. So the first part where we say, so we can enhance our performance, to me that really falls on my shoulders. Now for those of you that don't know, I have a bachelor's and master's in exercise science, also known as kinesiology. I am quote unquote an expert in strength and conditioning specifically, but I've taught anatomy and physiology for the last six years and really enjoy how the body can adapt to external stimuli, whether that's weight training or whatever it may be. And so that's where I'm going to dive deep in the community as well as here on the podcast and is the biblical anatomy sort of connection that we follow through with. Second part is to serve our households. There's no better person on the planet in my eyes in servicing members around her than my wife. Uh, She selflessly gives without thanks more often than she should to this household day in and day out. I'll tell you, motherhood is a thankless job. And I I don't know how she does it half the time. Uh, I strive to be like her in terms of serving the household. And I fall short. But that's okay. God made her to be that specific way. And God made me to be a very specific way. So that second part, serve our households, is really where I hope she takes the lead and I see aligning with her purpose. In the community, as people get to know her more, I think we'll see that shine through more and more. And follow God's calling for our lives. 
That's a purpose for all of us, whether we're a teacher, pastor, whatever form of employment or vocation that we undertake, we all have the need and necessity to follow God's calling for our lives. For any of us that have followed a different path, antagonistic to God's calling, we know how difficult that can be. And so every member of the community and hopefully every member of this podcast uh, will seek following God's path for their life as their purpose and their contribution to our community. In addition to that, over the last few weeks and really months, I've kind of developed a creed, if you will, uh, to keep things pretty simple on our thought process as we go about decision making. We used to include this as part of the conclusion of the podcast. It's now integrated into our creed. And so it's a six-step process. Number one is obey with prayer. Pretty simple. Number two is commit to scripture. Uh, We need to have a good prayer life, but we need to have time in the Bible each day as well. Today, I was in Ecclesiastes 2 and reflecting on Ecclesiastes 1, which leads to uh, what we're going to talk about today in terms of scripture. Number three, seek wise counsel. Luckily on Wednesday mornings, I have time to seek wise counsel with some men that I trust with my life and I value their experience and their wise counsel that they provide me on a, on a weekly basis and usually more than a weekly basis as we main contact, maintain contact other ways. Uh, number four, work the soil. This one's new, but it's also critical. Uh, it's, it's important that we pray. It's important that we read scripture. It's important that we seek wise counsel, but there's something that falls on our shoulders. And whatever that is, it can be analogous to working the soil. Whatever we're called to do, whatever we're called to plant in this world, uh, I would attribute to working the soil. Step five, plant the seed. Once you've worked the soil, plant the seed. Think about the future and what you'd like to come from it and plant those seeds now. And then lastly, number six, after you've planted the seed, have faith that God will provide. So I think those six steps really encompass what we're talking about in the community and what we strive to do on a daily basis. Pretty simple six-step process if you think about it. Um, I had an old professor that would say something along the lines, on it's easy, not trivial, meaning it's easy to understand the six steps, but it's not simple to apply them. It's a difficult set of concepts for us to apply together uh, for most of us in most day-to-day life. But there are creed for now, nonetheless. Today, I thought I'd take you through a little bit of a story, sort of a summary of my employment history. Uh, For those of you that know me well, probably just rolled your eyes because you're like, this is about to be a two-hour episode. I'm not going to cover everything that I've done. I've had probably 50 plus jobs, if not much more than that in my life. Uh, But I'm going to touch on various industries that I've worked in and how that associates with employment versus a career versus vocation, which we're going to talk about here a little bit later. We're going to talk all about this in relationship to Ecclesiastes 1, 2 through 3. So what was my very first job? The very first job, I should pause for a moment and have like a multiple choice thing that pops up so you can select what would you think my first job was. Uh, Surprisingly, is telemarketing. I was actually a telemarketer when I was like 14 years old. 
the first stint of entrepreneurship I ever had, like most young boys, uh, was lawn maintenance, which I did that summer following telemarketing. I think I was just shy of 15 years old at that time. Um, most of these jobs were not long lived, as what you would assume with 50 plus jobs. Uh, food service, which is probably 10 to 15 of the jobs that I've had, whether it be a cook or a busboy, a waiter, um, even a host, all sorts of different aspects. I've worked in fast food. I've worked in, uh, I guess, slow food, more fine dining type of uh, situations, worked in a lot of food service. It's one of those industries as a form of employment that I think everybody should have to do, where everybody should be in some form of service in which uh, they're required to live off of tips, specifically with like bartending and uh, maybe even a barista, uh, or for my case, up until this point, waiting tables. Uh, It's a humbling, humbling experience, and I did it off and on for a number of years. Also worked in an entertainment center, um, kind of like a local, around here we have one called Pojo's, which was not the one I worked at. Uh, we have one that's called Wahoots now, it used to be called Boondocks. I worked at it when it was Boondocks. Uh, all sorts of random things that were done there, uh, go-karts and all different sorts of arcade, laser tag, stuff like that. Uh, that was a pretty fun job to have during, I think it was my junior year of high school. Also worked at a Harley Davidson shop. I was in motorcycle maintenance. I was basically the wash boy. I think I was 18 by this point in time. Then I moved on to a call center. It's probably another job that everybody should have to do. We'd have a little bit more empathy when we speak with people over the phone if we had the experience of actually being the other person on the phone. Uh, I called in to an agency on Monday and I was on hold for about 90 minutes or so. Um, but I still thanked the person for their time and recognized that they have a very difficult job because I remember how stressful and how difficult that job was for me when I worked in a call center. In fact, I worked in like three or four different call centers. Actually did, I think this was probably my shortest job. I did road maintenance. I did paving work. I think that was a two day job. I think I quit on the third day. Um, I think that was also the first job that I quit. Up until that point, I did not quit a job unless I had another job uh, to come through. The only exception to that, I think, is when a business closed. I worked for a pizza shop, um, and a business closed, and they called me right before my shift to say that they'd gone out of business. Um, So I had to scramble and find a new job in about a week. But uh, um, generally, I would not leave a job until I had another job lined up. I was a bartender. Believe it or not, I was a bartender. And I was actually a bartender before the age of 21. So it was kind of ironic. I could tend bar, but I couldn't drink. Um, Pretty popular bar that we have here in the Boise, Idaho area. Very thankful I don't do that anymore. Um, But I was a bartender for about four or five months. Then my first kind of career. uh, I was in telecommunications for about seven, seven and a half years or so. Uh, Second career. I was in education, am in education, and uh, after graduating from the degrees that I have, I've spent about six years teaching at the higher education level. And the lawn mowing kind of started the entrepreneurial bug. 
Uh, and it's, I did some personal training, which I didn't mention, some strength and conditioning, which I didn't mention. Kind of all is side hustles behind the scenes. But those are coming to the forefront as my future career. Um, and they speak to the term vocation, which we'll talk about in a minute. So I hope to take all those experiences. I believe we're all designed today to be prepared for whatever we come across today based on our previous experiences and our training. So you take all those experiences and education that I have, and it puts me into the mold of a coach, a teacher uh, moving forward. And so that's really what this podcast is formed from, what the community's formed from, and hopefully what I pray that I get that I get to spend the rest of my days doing. Okay. Whether that's called air rat physiology or whatever, um, that's what I hope to conduct is my form of employment for the rest of my days. Let's talk about the Bible, the part that matters. Ecclesiastes 1, 2 through 3. Pretty short and sweet. Um, a lot of depth here. I'm not going to pretend to understand Ecclesiastes well at all. It's a very poetic book, um, but I will share kind of how our talk today, our podcast applies um, to what is written here. So Ecclesiastes 1, 2 through 3. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? I think the first job that that takes me back to, uh, and I use the word job interchangeably with employment, is my telecommunications experience. And maybe my very brief stint uh, in road paving and road maintenance as well. As men specifically, a lot of us really struggle with purpose. And we struggle with identifying as something. How many times have you been asked in your life, is the first thing as somebody introduces themselves, is what do you do? Right? Uh, And so it's kind of ingrained in our society that what we do is how we bring value and that ties in with purpose and that's that's another lie it's another lie that we are exposed to and many of us fall victim to in fact i'll I'll talk about this a little bit later but if you look up the statistics in america america is a unique country with the word retirement Um, a lot of countries around the world don't even have a word in their language for retirement and you'll see a lot of times the health of an individual deteriorates rapidly once retirement begins, specifically on the male side. And I think that is because we've lost our purpose in our, our job that we do. And once we retire to go play golf or whatever we decide to do, we're not asked to do a specific job that is contributing to something on a daily basis. And frankly, the golf that we participate in doesn't contribute to society in the way that we feel that we should contribute to society. And so you see a lot of men particularly work their entire lives building up their 401k, they're hoping they get a social security check, uh, living off their investments, whatever, however they've prepared for retirement, only to experience a very small percentage of it because they die prematurely. And I don't have any direct statistics to point out purpose is directly correlated with this mortality rate. Um, And I don't think anybody ever really will, just like with stress. We know stress kills, but we don't know exactly 
how many people it kills or how it manifests, whether that's cardiovascular disease, an endocrine disorder, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I don't think there's any doubt about it, that if we don't have a purpose, we as men really struggle in this life and perhaps succumb to not having a purpose. But there's a difference between having employment and having a purpose. And we're taught again the lie that they are the same, that they're synonyms. And I think that's a lie. I think that we're getting those mixed up too much. I've worked two main careers in my life and both have led to extensive bouts of depression, particularly the first, when I get too lost in the focus I have on the purpose. Neither one has been incredibly fulfilling in the job itself. What is fulfilling is how I can impact people over time. And again, that gets to the difference between uh, employment or a career in a vocation, which we're going to talk about here uh, right now, actually. So in our application, I'd first like to point out vanity, <coughs> excuse me, vanity of vanities. And I'd actually like to point that out twice as it's mentioned twice in here. And what I'm going to do is give you kind of an example of what I'm talking about. And then I'm going to give you an anatomy and physiology example to hopefully make sense of it all. So I have sort of three tiers here, employment, career, vocation. Let's first define each one. Uh, these are my definitions based on some of the definitions that are out there. I've essentially paraphrased uh, into my own words. So employment, the condition of payment for labor. Some people will define this as simply being a professional. You're a professional once you're paid to do something. Okay, so it's, it's literally an exchange of your labor, your time for a monetary gain. Okay, career would be defined as a progressive and significant time period devoted to employment. So you do that over a period of time like I did with telecommunications, and that now is a career. It's it's a progressive sort of working up the ladder sort of thing, uh, and it's a significant time period. So the however many jobs I worked prior to the telecommunications company, I would define those as jobs or employment and not necessarily a career. So this is the first big, big bout of depression that I had was in this first form of employment. Uh, because so much of those seven, seven and a half years were really tied deeply into my purpose. If I didn't do a good job, it really, really impacted me. And then the last one would be vocation, where the definition would be a calling to a particular career. And this is really where we open our ears and we listen to God and the peace that he gives us through the Holy Spirit. And we find out his calling for our lives. We have to be humble enough to accept what he has called us to do. And few people do this. Few people do this. If you haven't done this, I would certainly encourage you to do so. For me, in my time of prayer, in my reading of scripture, and just general experience in life, um, in addition to wise counsel and all the discipleship that I've experienced, it's pretty clear to me that teaching is my vocation. Um, now, you might say, well, a teacher's in employment, right? Well, yeah, like a K-12 teacher or higher education teacher would be an example of a form of employment at a specific school or university or whatever. But teaching can really look like a bunch of different things. This podcast is a form of teaching. What I do with my children is a form of teaching. 
Yes, what I do in my employment and my career, my current career of education, is teaching. And therefore, it aligns well with my vocation. But as that employment goes away, I will still be a teacher. I still feel called to be a teacher in everything that I do. So I would encourage you to separate employment, career, and vocation. And look at them as separate terms and not synonymous terms. And dedicate yourself to maybe a few careers uh, over, over time as we change and we evolve and we, we grow. But never lose sight of your vocation, what your direct gift from God is. And no matter what employment you choose or career you choose and how long or how brief they are, it should be a way that you can express that vocation, that talent that you've been blessed with. I think that makes sense. But let's use an anatomy and physiology example. So again, it says vanity of vanities. And I'm using vanity of vanities because I interpret this as sort of this lack of fulfillment when we rely too much on mixing up employment and purpose. Uh, vanities of, vanity of vanities is something I would have said towards the end of my employment in telecommunications. What's the point? Why are we here? In fact, that got me to ask some really deep questions along the way that helped me uh, go through the Bible and go through a born-again experience and be where I am today. So I'm thankful for those experiences, but this is where I'm going with vanity of vanities. So let's look at anatomy and physiology and look at some individual structures and recognize how they cannot function on their own. They're reliant on other systems. So since talking about men, how uh, men are affected by their purpose. One thing endocrinology wise that affects men tremendously is testosterone. Well, testosterone comes from where? It comes from the testes, just partially where it gets its name. What's the definition of the testes? Well, they're an endocrine organ of the male reproductive system responsible for the testosterone secretion we just mentioned. Okay, perfect. Can they do that on their own? No, they're reliant on another system. So in a way, testes is sort of the employment here. And now we need to go to the level of career. Uh, so what do we need beyond that long term? Well, the cardiovascular system. The cardiovascular system carries all the hormones from the endocrine system and delivers from the brain down to the testes to exemplify the testosterone secretion. To get nerdy for a moment, it's reliant on follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, which come from the anterior pituitary gland and work their way down to the testes. The female population, we still have follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, but we stimulate the ovaries instead of the testes. We can talk about those hormones another time. So the testes are reliant upon the cardiovascular system much in the same way that we have a form of employment that sort of evolves into a career as we spend significant time and we progress in it. And then the last tier would be organism. Organism would be the entire human body. Definition, excuse me, let me back up a second. I didn't provide a definition for cardiovascular system. A network of vessels delivering blood, nourishing the body, including the testes, which basically mentioned uh, in, in paraphrase fashion, but there's our definition. Now the last layer, organism. And the definition, the entire human system functioning through the efforts of all organ systems. So the endocrine system, the reproductive system, the cardiovascular system, the nervous system, the skeletal system go on and on and on. And in much the same way in our analogy here, this is the vocation. This is where we align with purpose in our calling. 
All of these independent systems and independent organs are there to make sure homeostasis of the entire person is met. So whatever employment that we use, whatever career that we establish for ourselves, it must align with our vocation. And in that way, when we retire, we don't get our employment mixed up with our purpose or even our career mixed up with our purpose. But we're able to utilize our vocation, our talents that God has provided in any fashion in our lives. Whenever I retire, which to be honest with you, I think I probably won't at the bare minimum, I'll coach football or strength and conditioning or something like that um, as, as part of my work and my vocation. But if I were to retire, I can still apply teaching to anything and everything that I do. One of the number one callings I feel God has for my life is to be a father. Um, well, Lord willing, I'm always going to have children and those children I can disciple to and I can teach to. I can also help men in this community, older than I and younger than I, to learn from the experiences that I've had. I can also receive discipleship from them and grow from their experiences as well. That's the benefit of a community. I hope what I'm trying to uh, create an analogy for makes sense here in that the main thing that I'm trying to drive home is that far too many men save up for retirement. They retire. Their purpose was associated with what they did for employment prior and their health naturally deteriorates oftentimes exponentially. So whether you're the type of man that uh, wants to retire or not, make sure you've got your vocation figured out. Make sure you're finely tuned with God's calling for your life and continually listen to that as well. Um, that may evolve and it may change over time. It may not be as clear for your entire existence uh, on this earth. It may be something that you have to sort of put your ear to the ground and, and check on things on a periodic fashion. But it all goes back to us living our lives through Jesus and following his light, following his narrow path, constantly following that creed we talked about and praying, reading scripture, seeking wise counsel, working the soil, planting the seed, and praying that God will provide. So I hope, hope you're able to take that and uh, you are able to apply that to your life. The last thing that I'll say in terms of our verse is the section where it says, what does man gain? And if you read through Ecclesiastes, I think you'll find the reader expressing what he has learned from all his wisdom and value in the wrong things leads to this vanity, leads to this lack of fulfillment and this misalignment with purpose. So simply put, what does man gain? Well, if you're misaligning things, you don't gain much because it was associated with that misalignment. But if your alignment is with God's will, there is incredible reward for that. There's incredible gain with that because of the way that you speak to people and treat people and become a image bearer of Christ throughout your life. One example that has really stuck with me over the years and it's from a book called Blue Zones by Dan Buettner. Uh, I believe I have a link of it in the show notes if you want to go purchase the uh, book. I think it's an Amazon link. Uh, if not, I'll check after this and I'll, I'll throw it in there because it's a great book. Uh, it's probably the last book that I have read that I couldn't put down, uh, which is saying something. Until, I'm kind of getting off topic here and I apologize about that. 
But until this book, and if you're watching video, I'll hold it up for you. Uh, it's been by my dear friend, David Steen. It's called Almost Home. He sent me a copy of it. And uh, honestly, it's been quite difficult to put this book down. And that's the first time I can say that in about five years. So I highly recommend that you check this book out, especially if you're like me and you struggle with being content, which maybe we'll talk about on a, on a future episode of the podcast. Uh, but he has incredible life lessons taught through there that have helped me already in the short week that I've been reading it with contentment. I think I honestly picked it up on Sunday. Maybe I'm getting my days wrong, but it's like a 200 page book and I'm on page 145. So uh, that's probably the fastest I've ever read 145 pages before. Nevertheless, back on track, uh, Blue Zones is a great book. That one was really difficult for me to put down as well. I think I finished it in a couple weeks, maybe three weeks at most. And uh, what they talk about in it is, is a handful of things, and I'm not going to bore you with all the details. In fact, if you're like me and you're a visual learner, uh, there's a TED Talk. It's called How to Live to Be 100 Plus by Dan Buettner that basically talks about all the information that's covered in the book. So if you'd rather watch a video, go look that up. Uh, if you'd rather read the book, I highly suggest that you order the book. It's from research that was done, I think, around 2008 or so. And the main point that I want to bring to light here for the purpose of this podcast, this episode, is the association with the word retirement in two different areas. So likely you're listening to this from the United States. We do have some listeners that are outside of the United States, but um, likely you're in the United States. And we have a very defined word for retirement. The word retirement is very well defined, I should say. And for a lot of us, it's sort of the carrot on the end of the stick. It's something that we strive to achieve over time. Well, if we go to Okinawa, which is an island in Japan, they don't have a word for retirement. The closest thing they have, which is mentioned in both the TED Talk as well as the book, is a term called ikigai. And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It means reason for which you wake in the morning which ties directly with what we're talking about here in God's calling for our lives, our vocation. And so it's one thing that I think that uh, the Japanese population has got incredibly right, and we as Americans have got incredibly wrong. And so I'd encourage you to think about the reason you wake in the morning, your vocation, what motivates you, what God's calling you to do as you move forward in this life couple things that I'll mention that I have forgot to mention up until this point. Uh, I just recently saw that um, my dear friend Mark Allowine released a episode of the podcast and kind of a shameless plug here. I did two episodes, did an interview that was split into two episodes and it's part one of the interview that I did. His podcast is called Grit and Glory Songs and Stories. Again, his name is Mark Allowine. I would highly suggest you look at his podcast. I think he has 52 episodes, so quite a lot you can dive into. Uh, he also produces uh, wonderful music uh, under, I believe the website is markallowinemusic.com, and you can check that out as well. Really excited for the first episode to have been published and the second episode to come out shortly. Uh, he asked some really good questions, and it was another opportunity for me to be really raw and honest with some of my life experience. So I really enjoyed that experience. I thank him for the experience and highly recommend that you check out his podcast and the other things that he is doing. 
Sponsor-wise, that remains the same for us, erroratphysiology.com, self-sponsored. If you go there, there's two green tabs. One says community, one says podcast. You can access our podcast that way. You can also access our podcast through all of the different channels. So if you're currently listening to this through our website, podcast.erroratphysiology.com, you can listen to this through Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this through Spotify, pretty much all the platforms. What would be immensely helpful, and I request that you do, is to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it. We understand that not everybody can sign up for our community and help us out financially. Although in honor of John 3.16, the current membership cost is $3.16, which is obviously very minimal. Uh, I paid about the same amount of money for a cup of coffee this morning. We think that our community is certainly worth that. In fact, the price will be probably quadrupling here shortly after we have our founding members promotion that concludes. So if you're interested in that, now's the time to get in uh, at that price because that price will no longer exist. Um, But with that, where was I going with that? Oh yes, the podcast and rating and reviewing it. If you can't or don't feel called to sign up for our community at the price, whatever price it is, um, something that you can do that is very helpful for us is to rate and review the podcast. I've already noticed from people that have rated and reviewed on Apple podcast, all of a sudden the outreach has, has gone exponentially. Uh, we went from like 250, 300 downloads to 500 downloads in a period of about a week. And I don't think it's a coincidence that there was about five reviews that were done in that week timeframe. So we'd obviously like to see this podcast grow, see our community grow and, We hope that if you're enjoying this, you feel called in some way to support us. And that doesn't have to be financial. It can be uh, through a rating and review. So we have erroratphysiology.com. We have community.erroratphysiology.com. We have podcast.erroratphysiology.com. And we have products.erroratphysiology.com. In that page, I've written a bunch of programs for a bunch of sports. If you're interested in something more personal, please reach out at hello at erroratphysiology.com, and I'd certainly be happy to write you a personal program. Um, Otherwise, wrestling, volleyball, lacrosse, football, uh, powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit, all sorts of different things are involved in that. And uh, if you're interested in that, please take a look. One last thing that I'll mention is that uh, I was able to connect our associated account with the podcast for tips. I didn't realize that tipping was a thing through podcasts, but if you go to our website, uh, podcast.erroratphysiology.com, and you click on an individual episode, in the embedded player, there's like three dots you can click, and it says donate. My apologies, it's not super easy to find, but it is there. Uh, And if you simply just want to do like a one-time donation, uh, we would greatly appreciate that, and thank you for your support. So we'll conclude with take-home message in the Lord's Prayer. Take-home message is pretty simple. Define your employment, define your career, and define your vocation. I believe that it'll save you a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of heartache now and in the future. And it'll be an interesting experience to look back and reflect on how you previously have defined employment, career, and vocation. And for the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, excuse me, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.